Welcome back, Life Group Leaders, to another week of the Life Group Leader Podcast. This is Pastor Evan, and I'm here with Pastor Hayden. Hey. Compass, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We reach everyone for Christ. We teach everyone to be like Christ and train everyone to serve Christ. So everything that we do, like this podcast, is to fulfill that mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, we are continuing leaders through our sermon series of Navigating Culture, but our sermon title this week is Staying Focused on the Destination. Now, this week's text is going to be Colossians 2, beginning in verse 20, all the way through the first verse of chapter 3. So let me read uh, read that right now before we dive in. Colossians 2, beginning in verse 20. If with Christ you have died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. All right, Pastor Hayden, we are continuing through the uh, book of Colossians. We are finishing chapter two this week and beginning chapter three this week. So two birds, one stone right here. But what should we expect from this sermon as we are supposed to stay focused on the destination? You're going to hear a lot of similar themes like we did last week. These texts are uh, really connected not only in the flow of thought, but really in what they handle as far as their uh, theology and their practical application. Paul's still hammering out uh, the uh, the difference in the, the heresies of, the, of Colossae and what it means to be a born-again Christian. And so as we... Uh, go through this next sermon, staying focused on the destination, Paul is turning from, hey, here's some things to say no to, and then he turns around in the first verse of chapter 3 and says, here's what you need to say yes to. Here's some things that we need to start thinking about. And then that's really a transition verse because the rest of the letter to the Colossians begins saying, hey, here's some things that need to happen in your life because of all these things we just learned from chapters 1 to the end of chapter 2. And so this is really a transition sermon into, hey, here is now what Paul's trying to say uh, when it comes to the application of all the doctrinal and theological truths that we have just gone over. And so this week will be a little bit of the same as what we did last week. We're just going to try to tackle it at a different angle to try to give us more application of how we can navigate culture, uh, and this time by staying focused on the destination. Where are we going? We want to go to the presence of God. That's where we believe we're going to end up as Christians when we die. And we know that to be true. And so because of that, we're not only going to be looking forward to that uh, at that time, we're also going to be seeking those things now, those things that are above where Christ is. He's seated at the right hand of God. That's where we couldn't get to when we weren't Christians. That's what we can get to now as Christians. We're looking forward to that in the then and there. But even in the here and now, we're going to be seeking those things uh, that are that are uh, excellent, that are worthy, that, that all those things that Scripture teaches us uh, to approve of and pursue All those things are where Christ is, and we want to be living those things out today. Well, in order for us to really understand what it means to seek the things above, Pastor, what are some of the three 
key understandings that as life group leaders we can have in order to lead our life group uh, life group well this week and for us to better understand this concept of don't thinking of the world, rather th- seeking the things above where Christ is? It's a good question. Uh, the first thing we can do, and we really got to understand this uh, from a biblical worldview, and what I mean by that is the first thing is dying with Christ, is dying to worldly wisdom. And here's the problem that we're going to have as Christians. When it comes to dying to worldly wisdom is that we have to reject uh, what humans, right, what people say is the wisdom and the right way to go in life. Now, here's the problem. The problem is the world is chock full of worldly wisdom. A lot of the things that you see every day, whether it's on the news, whether it's the next big uh, social movement in our world, those are all going to be built up by the wisdom of the world. And so the minute that some of these things that seem wise, as as Paul is going to even bring up a little bit, you know, there's a lot of these things that seem on the surface like, oh, that's fine. But when you start digging into where are they coming from, like where is the philosophy of thought here? What does this uh, philosophy and worldly wisdom say about God and say about how we as humans relate to our God? You're going to learn that a lot of these uh, movements and a lot of these uh, decisions that culture is making and trying to get us to follow are actually full of uh, anti-gospel and anti-God philosophies and thoughts. And so when it comes to dying with Christ and dying, that means dying to worldly wisdom, we have to be able to admit and assert that as Christians, we're not going to hold on to anything that is not uh, biblical, that is not of God that Christ did not articulate uh, through the revelation of Scripture using the apostles, the prophets, and Christ Jesus being the cornerstone. And that's a hard truth because there's so many things, especially well-meaning Christians who want to look at culture and they say, well, what about that? And what about that? And all I'm saying is if you dig enough into any of those uh, social movements or any of those, uh, even even if it's uh, psychology and sociology, if you dig into those things, you're going to find some very unbiblical concepts once you get out of the surface level ideas of those things. When you dig down, you're going to find some anti-God and anti-biblical concepts there. And this is something that <clears throat> we're going to both address during the Compass Equip podcast about some of the uh, legislation being passed in Canada and California and being introduced to the states about conversion therapy. But essentially, as Pastor Hayden's alluding to, everything in this world is trying to figure out how to solve the world's problems without God. It doesn't matter how you mean, right-winging, what right-winged it might be or left-winged it might be. If it's trying to figure out how to live life in a good way without God, it's not going to be helpful. And so this is something that Paul is trying to address with the Colossians with specific things. But the principle here for us is we have to dive and dig deep with, uh, you know, with the, what are the things that we are, that the world is trying to tell us to do. Right. Uh-huh. And that goes into right into number two when it comes to key understandings is, Worldly wisdom, like I just said before, and Pastor Evan was saying, can look attractive and partly truthful. And that is the winsomeness and the draw of worldly wisdom is it looks attractive, it looks super easy, and at the end of the day, there is some truth in it in that uh, they may take some of what what God's Word says, but when it comes to the totality of of these worldly philosophies and a lot of these uh, social movements that we even find in our world today, hidden inside is just a lot of ungodliness and falsity. Uh, And you have people trying to propagate a, a message and propagate a movement that has nothing to do with our relationship with God or how to win souls. They, they have more division sown in them, and they have very anti-biblical concepts hidden uh, in these things that look attractive and partly truthful. 
Uh, and then thirdly, what we need to see because of all those, we need to understand that growth comes from pursuing Christ. Uh, and that's a great way uh, you can, uh, as we look at the worldly wisdom, when we look at these philosophies and movements in our culture, all you got to do is ask the simple question, uh, is this person following Christ? And, uh, and, and to ask them questions like, hey, where did this come from? Or why are you doing this? Or even ask yourself like, hey, am I doing this because when I read God's word, it leads me to this? Or is this what other people are telling me I need to do as a Christian? And yet there is, you can't find any substance or foundation found in scripture uh, or in your relationship with Christ. That's a really great way to see, am I doing what Christ would want me to do? Am I seeking the things that are above where Christ is? Or am I uh, looking here on the earth uh, for those things that are trying to lead me to holiness when that can only come from pursuing Christ? Pastor Hayden, as we know, the whole Bible is connected with one another. And as even though we're in Colossians 2 and 3 this Sunday, where else can we turn in our Bibles to better, obviously, help our life group, uh, to better lead our life groups this week, but uh, for us to better understand what Paul is getting at? For sure. Uh, something you recently read in your daily Bible reading is found in Matthew 15, verses 8 through 9. And it says this, These people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. This is a scary verse because it says here that people, when they speak, people when they're out in public, people when they're making plans and, and making movements and creating organizations, they're going to say they love God. They're going to say they're Christians. They're going to say they're doing all these things for the Lord. Uh, but here, Jesus says, but their heart is far from me. They do not love Christ or pursue Christ no more than they can fly. Uh, but here we see there's a danger here. And here's the big problem. Look at verse 9. In vain they worship me. They, they can't even worship me truly in vain, and it's all for naught. And here's what they do. They're teaching as doctrines. That means the biblical truths. They teach you as biblical foundational truths of God. They teach these as doctrines, but they're the commandments of men. And so we have to be careful as Christians, and that's why Compass Bible Church, we're always pointing people to the Bible. Anything we say behind the pulpit, anything we teach in our church, we're going to say, let's go see what the Word says about that, because that's where we're going to find the commandments of God. And we got to be sure that we don't follow the doctrines of man, nor do we propagate doctrines of man. And the only way we're going to do that is by looking at Scripture and following Christ, and making sure we're not honoring people with only the things that we say, but that our hearts are honoring to God, and our motives, and the way that we live is after Christ, and not after the wisdom and philosophies of man. Another danger for us is for us to use the Bible and the commands of God and twist them into doctrines of men. And Jesus you know, makes this very clear, as we read in the Daily Bible reading you know, much earlier in the year at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. Jesus, you know, attacks three areas of, of piety where the Pharisees, and maybe for us to look at ourselves and for us to challenge our life groups to look in, in, in our giving, in our prayer life, in our in our fasting, essentially what he's attacking is you, you're giving a lot, you're praying a lot, and you're fasting a lot, but you're not doing it to worship me. You're doing this to get the accolades and praise of men, but instead make sure when you give and fast and pray that it's supposed to be in a place where your heart is worshipful of me. And they're supposed to draw you to God. Actually, there's a lot of churches these days that say we're going to do a three-week uh, fasting at our church at the beginning of the year, uh, which hey, can be a great thing, right? I mean, with fasting in the right 
context could be a great godly thing. But when you begin asking people to go to these churches or these ministries and they say things like, yeah, I'm fasting uh, this week uh, from uh, Twinkies, you know, or I've, you know, my kids are fasting this week from their favorite toy. And, and you ask, well, why are you doing that? And if they say, well, I was wanting to lose weight and my child spends too much time playing games, that's not fasting, right? I don't eat, I'm, maybe I have an a, a, a issue with eating too many Twinkies and they get my attention and they draw my, my trust and my hope and my comfort uh, or my kid uh, draw, draws all of its identity to this toy and I got to say no to those things because I've got to say yes to God. That's fasting is by saying no to things of the world to, to draw me closer to God uh, because I, I see the necessity of me not thinking about things of the world and drawing myself to God. And so that's what these things mean, giving, praying, fasting, are those things drawing you closer to God? Or are those things, things that gather your attention uh, and, and you're doing it to, you know, uh, give yourself self-abasement or trying to neglect yourself because somehow if you don't eat that Twinkie, you're going to be holy, which is not at all the case. You might be skinnier, but you're not going to be any more holy. Exactly. And as we read in Colossians uh, 2 in, in beginning of chapter 3, we, Pastor Aiden, we get to see how he's talking about, you know, the indulgence of the flesh and resisting that and also more of the elemental spirits. And so that might be a little diff- difficult for us to kind of comprehend. Help us walk through those thoughts as we segue from cross-references into something that might be a little diff- difficult for people to understand what Paul's trying to get at. Sure. Again, like we've talked about before in this podcast and in sermons, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, these are things uh, both that carry a actual elemental idea of the world, water, air, you know, earth, fire. I mean, all these things that are elements of the world. But also in that time, and even in today's time, these elements of the world uh, take on identities of, uh, of, of gods, of, uh, you know, of... Uh, of things that I could be committed to if I, you know, if I, uh, you know, my horoscope, those are things of elements of uh, stars and the moon and the sun. You know, these things that you can put your trust in or put your hope in uh, that aren't Christ. And we have to, got to be careful that we don't get taken captive because we've died to those things and now we live to Christ. And so that's what elemental spirits means. And something, if you've dig and if you've dug real, real deep into, uh, you know, interpreting uh, these texts, you're going to find uh, in the end of this, when it says in, uh, what is it, verse 23, and it says that these things have an appearance of wisdom, it says here, uh, they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. There's two ways that you can see that. Uh, there's two ways we can interpret it. One, it says they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh, saying no matter how much you do these things, uh, it's not going to keep you from, uh, from sinning. It's not going to keep you and make you more holy. The other idea here that some... Uh, interpreters and some uh, commentaries will tell you it's this idea that doing these things only gratifies the flesh and makes me feel like I'm pious and makes me feel like I'm holy. Although those two things, again, don't make a lot of difference in the way that you apply it, because at the end of the day, these things are ungodly. They're not how to make us holy. They're not things that are good for the Christian faith. Uh, But I believe the ESV has it right. I believe that most of the uh, most of the versions of of uh, the Bible, NIV, ESV, and ASB, they all have this right in saying that these things are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. But those are two interpretations you may hear. And just know that I believe uh, your pastors here believe that the ESV has it right when saying that these things are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Uh, they're only uh, things that people do uh, to try to puff themselves up. And also as a reminder is only God can 
really change our hearts. Only God can stop our sin and only us turning to God is going to give us the ability to stop sinning. But with any of that topic and that, that, that range of thought, we can easily kind of get into the weeds of what is, you know, what are some today things that we do that hinder and wants to, the asceticism that we might practice today. And we, you might be tempted to go into the weeds this week as a life group. So Pastor Hayden, what is the focus you want us to have as we, as we might get tempted to go this way or that during this topic, which we can easily do, how can we stay fo- help our group stay focused on what the point of the sermon is? Of course, the point of the sermon is that we as believers uh, must find our direction, not from culture, because culture is going to point us to lesser glories, lesser things. Uh, but the unchanging message of God's word is going to guide us to the ultimate destination, and that's to the presence of God. It's going to uh, it's going to bring us into the holiness in which we've always desired to be. What so many people in the world are trying to find: uh, How can I uh, enter into the holiness of God? How can I find my purpose? How can I reach the the fifth, the sixth, the heaven? The 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 How can I get to the the my my path and all these things? And we're saying, hey. Uh, culture is always going to point you to the lesser things, things that are never going to get you to God. And only God's word and his revelation revealed to us is going to get us into where we want to be. And that is God's presence. Now, something that you need to be careful of in your life group is to say things like, hey, there's a difference between justification and sanctification. And people are going to people are going to at times perhaps debate this in your group if you don't keep their mind on, hey, Paul is talking about, hey, you cannot be saved by anything. Nothing else can save you other than Christ. There's lots of things that can sanctify us and conform us into the image of God, but those things also have to be in submission to Christ. And so that's where you got to be careful there, and you have to be skilled in God's Word to say, hey, uh, you know what's not going to make you holy? Asceticism. You know, asceticism can't make you holy, and it can't save you. Uh, because asceticism has to be compared to what God's Word says about, do we need to deny ourselves? Yes. But in what ways? In the biblical ways, in the godly ways, in ways that the Bible says you need to deny yourself when it comes to sexual immorality. You need to deny yourself when it comes to, to anger and the lusts of the flesh. Those things are what you should stay away from. But saying, I'm not going to eat a Twinkie is uh, is not going to make you holy. Even though you want to say, you know, asceticistically, if I just do away with this one thing, that has nothing to do with your holiness. So we got to understand there's a difference in our justification, and Paul's talking about justification here, but even when he gets into sanctification, it's, hey, even my sanctification has to be in submission to God and his word. Does that make sense? Absolutely, it does. And Pastor Hayden, this is all good. We you know, we have the focus, we have a, you know, help to better understand difficult words and interpretations, and even some biblical cross-references. I cannot say go. that word today. Cross-references to better help us lead um, but how can we lead well in our life groups and you know, help help our life group go through the application questions well? The one thing that is great about, uh, you know, teaching here at Compass Bible Church and even attending here at Compass Bible Church is your pastors are in the in the trenches with you. Pastor Evan and I both lead uh, life groups just like you guys. And uh, we noticed a couple of things that were helpful for us and that would be helpful for you if you did these things in your in your life group. And one is... Uh, a lot of times uh, people don't study their questions. A lot of times people don't write down answers uh, and they don't know how to answer the questions based on the, the text that we're reading. And so one of the best things you can do when you're in your life group, begin by, once you read the question, ask your group to go back to the text to, to answer the question, whether it's back to the main text in Colossians or whether it's to the text that the, from the question that you're reading, whether it's question one, two, three, or four, ask them, hey, what does the text say 
And how did you answer this question in light of the text? That's the first thing you can do. And it's going to change the way that your life group functions. And people will always be going back to the word, which is what we want them to do anyway. Uh, Secondly, is uh, a lot of times your group won't write down answers to their questions. And here's how you can help them do that. Uh, Instead of just throwing the question up in the air and asking anyone to answer the question, ask it in this way. Ask your group to read what they wrote down. Okay, what that'll do is that'll keep people who didn't write anything down from immediately speaking up. And the people who actually wrote something down and who took the time to study the questions will be the first to uh, to hopefully add in uh, input and uh, commentary and application uh, to that question, which will help train your group to say, hey, I guess we need to go home and do these questions because they're going to ask me what I wrote down, not just what popped into my head the minute that they asked the question, which is what we want people doing is studying and writing down how they can apply these questions to their life. Uh, And then thirdly, what you can then do, uh, there's always going to be people in your group who aren't quick to speak, always people who kind of, you know, fade off into the background and they don't really add much. You need to encourage the quiet people to add to the conversation. That doesn't mean that the people uh, who don't talk, you ostracize them or point them out all the time. Of course, I know none of you guys are going to do that. But for sake of the conversation, no, that's not what I'm asking you to do. What I'm asking you to do is say, you know, hey, uh, you, uh, Chad, there in the back, uh, what, what, what would you add to that question? You know, gently ask them to input some into this conversation and help them understand that they're a part of this group. And if you can get everybody to start dialoguing and, and integrating their commentary and more of their application to this, you're going to have a well-rounded group who feels like they're a part of the conversation. That's very helpful, Pastor Hayden, as we prepare to lead our life groups this week. What are some resources that you thought of as we are about to talk about this text and lead our life groups uh, through them? One book uh, that has been uh, one I've been thinking about throughout this series is uh, Jerry Bridges' book, The Pursuit of Holiness. There's been a lot of questions I've been getting over the past few weeks, and Pastor Evan as well, and I hope you guys have been getting these questions. Is this idea and this relationship between uh, God saving me and then my work in sanctification and my work in, in drawing near to God in holiness? And, you know, Paul is bringing a lot of this stuff up. Like, these things can't save me, but then what what do I do when it comes to my uh, walking in Christ, my sanctification? And this book does a really good job at uh, drawing the lines and uh, giving you information and practical steps on pursuing holiness and the relationship between sanctification and justification. So if you're looking to learn more about that or anybody in your group is looking to learn more about our holiness and our part in that, Jerry Bridges' book, The Pursuit of Holiness, is a great book. P-E-S-E, you have one on here. What, what would you say? Yeah, I have one on here that takes the you know practical application to, to the next step. It's uh, The book is The Heart of Addiction by Mark, Mark Shaw. It's a good counseling book to help people with it. He focuses on drunkenness, but does any type of uh, addiction. Uh, but the point is, as Paul's trying to address people using asceticism to be holy, uh, because they're trying to be more holy, and they're able to try to fight off addictions or try to fight off sin. This book says you can't, fight it off unless you turn to the gospel. So this is a very good practical book that bases its theology on how the gospel can change anyone, especially someone who's addicted to something. Now, Pastor Hayden, we have several announcements that we want to get through. So what are the what are a couple announcements that you have for us? 
A reminder for you life group leaders that on Friday, February the 4th, that means it's coming up Friday, we have a life group leader meeting. You're not going to want to miss this one. We got some really important announcements and some uh, good information and direction to give you guys as life group leaders. It'll change the pattern of uh, how we meet and what we're going to be talking about in the, in 2022. So be sure that you're here this next Friday. We'll have dinner for you as always, and then we'll get together and talk about what the Lord will have for us. Uh, secondly, we have a new podcast called the Compass Equip Podcast. You can find it anywhere where podcasts are streaming. Uh, and it, We talk a lot about the sermon, post-sermon notes, application questions, a daily Bible reading spotlight where Pastor Evan will go through everything we're going to talk about this week when it comes to the daily Bible reading and everything you're going to read in the Scripture from the Old Testament. It gives you a really great overview of what you're going to learn this week. And we talk also about a special topic, something that's going on in our world that needs a little bit of, uh, of, of context in our minds and helps us understand how to uh, make decisions on these and talk about these special topics through a biblical worldview. So go uh, subscribe to our Compass Equip podcast, and it'll be released every Sunday evening. Also, we have the Compass uh, Dean, uh, Compass Students Dean now happening February 18th to the 20th. It's now Friday night to Sunday morning. So the registration is now open. So make sure if you have students or no students, make sure they get signed up to that. Uh, Jordan Murphy is leading the charge in planning that. So if you have any questions, ask him. Or if you have questions, you can ask me or Pastor Hayden about it. But we want to make sure that we get the students there so that they can learn about how to become born again. Also, we have, we're adding a memory verse to the worksheet on the back of the worksheet. So make sure you uh, note, look at that when you get the worksheet on Sunday. And also we want to celebrate uh, group multiplication. We, the Bob and Barbara's life group will start Friday um, at 10 a.m. So be praying for the group as uh, they will be leading a group at 10 a.m. on Fridays. And uh, we're just thankful that God is growing this church. So we're really excited to see what God's doing and, uh, we pray that this week for your life group would be beneficial and help you guys all grow in holiness. Yep. Bob and Barbara's life group will begin on February the 11th, Friday at 10 a.m. So be praying for that. We're looking forward to launching a brand new life group then. Thank you guys. So great uh, that we can be together here on podcast. We we'll look forward to seeing you guys soon.